Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, we're going to get this one early because um, you guys requested for our Patreon bonus episode. You guys requested Dear Evan Hansen from 2021. Uh, a new one this time. And uh, we, uh, we have a special guest in the studio today. For our bonus episode, we have one Angie Meehan. Welcome back to the show yet again. Hi, y'all, y'all. I, um, you know, I always look forward to being on this show. It, I, you know, Dear Evan Hansen, <laughs> is is a bit of a turn for me. But uh, thank yes. you for having me. It is well, so. So there's a thing that happens, uh, Todd, with us every now and again, which is that a lot of people will see a movie before we do. So what I thought of when I saw Angie, um, not to blow up your spot, but uh, talk about how much you hated this movie on the Facebook, um, was, do you remember Jurassic World? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yes. Remember that, Todd? So there I was do. a thing that happened where a lot of people that we knew, Todd and I saw Jurassic World very late in the day. Uh, we were We were really late on seeing that movie, and so we heard how terrible it was. Awful, a mess. And I remember going into it and I said, well, man, the good news is there's no way it can be worse. <laughs> we're prepared. It can't be as bad as everyone just said it was. There's no, we're as prepared. No one could be more prepared. And I watched Todd sunk into his seat. There's a specific thing that that he does when he really hates a movie. Um, and it's wild to watch. And we walked out and I was like, there really was nothing to prepare us. And the same exact thing happened with Dear Evan Hansen, wherein I saw your posts about it, and I thought, there is no way I'm not prepared. No way. I've got it. I've got it this time. This time will be different. No. <laughs> oh, man. No, this is great, because uh, I moved away from New York uh, last year, and uh, me and you, we don't get to see movies like you know together anymore. So, like, I was back in New York visiting... And you were just hanging out. Uh, I stayed with you for a good week. And on the day I left, I was like, well, I got a little time before, you know, I have to get on the plane. You know, that's later in the day. Why don't we go catch a movie like we always used to do? And uh, I was so amped because I'd heard such terrible things about Dear Evan Hansen. And I kind of like strong armed you into going. I didn't I didn't realize that you didn't know the premise of this movie. Oh, That's no. correct. <laughs> I So here's the thing. The true story is that I had a friend who really wanted me to see the Broadway show. And so I said, okay, I won't know anything about this. And then COVID happened and, you know, and all the rest. And, and so I just didn't see it. And then the movie was going to come out. And I said, well, I'll continue to not know anything about it. And uh, yeah, you know, it's a funny thing how sometimes the people you love the most are also the people who torment you the most and who you who you also hate the most. I Todd. Uh, <laughs> so we went and saw that movie on your last on your last day. You doing yeah. our old thing where you you my boyfriend took me to a movie. <laughs> um, I don't know why you're laughing. That's just a true Wait. thing. Didn't, wasn't it also like right before you had to catch a flight? Like you had yes. to go see right that. Before. It was the last thing we did. <laughs> like we so. literally went directly from the theater to the air, the airplane. So that's correct. Yes, I actually drove up to the plane and said, "Get out!" 
Yes. Like, but I did, I did in fact, been- <laughs> drive you to LaGuardia Airport. <laughs> if this had been 1988, like you would be in a commercial for Dear Evan Hansen, the movie that would be like, executives choose Dear Evan Hansen, whether continental or international. <laughs> like- <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, that's I, good. I, I don't think the two of you bothered to rewatch it. I, you know, I, <laughs> I went on to the, the Pirate Bay and uh, I was, had this on in the background uh, prior to us getting on this Zoom call. It's honestly worse the second time. Oh, I believe uh, wow. that. Because I, I was like, that. I was pretty drunk when I saw it. And it was like, I cognizantly remember stuff, which is not a thing that I do when I go and see a movie belligerently drunk. But there are things that just like are burned into my brain from that movie that just genuinely shocked me as someone who does not like the show, like very heavy handedly does not like the show. Okay. Like, why, why, why did you not like the show? Cause you're the only person I knew who had opinions about <laughs> Dear Evan Hansen before the movie. It's and a very, you like, you've never seen. <laughs> I, I've, I've never seen it live. I've seen bootlegs of it, but um, so there's, there's a lot of beef in the musical theater world about Dear Evan Hansen because it came out the same year as two other shows that are very important to remember. One is called Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. It's an adaptation of part of War and Peace. And the other one is Come From Away, which is about real life events about a bunch of planes that were grounded in Newfoundland right after 9-11 and how, like, Canadians welcomed these people that were grounded in Canada. Like, so those were the two other big shows. And Dear Evan Hansen was, like, the one that swept it all. And I think if Dear Evan Hansen had come out in a slower year, maybe the reputation of it would have been, I guess, better. I mean, because the thing is, like, it was very critically well-received when it came out. And then when it swept the Tonys, that was kind of the turning point of the dialogue around this show. Like, is this a good show about mental health? And they're, like, uh, there's also like this kind of cliche about the Tonys now kind of leaning into like youth culture shows and shows that are about mental health, but that have not aged terribly well. And Dear Evan Hansen is kind of another entry into that. So for me, my 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 segue, I guess, into into Dear Evan Hansen was I was a huge fan of Great Comet of 1812, which got snubbed it is like a bitter contentious point in broadway fandom circles about the show getting completely you know cut off of the tony awards and so with come from away and i like come from away but it's not my favorite show but like it's a i like it more than dear evan hansen so we'll just put that into perspective but like dear evan hansen just kind of closed everything out swept everything and then the other will come from away still running but then great comic closed shortly thereafter for a lot of other reasons but like you know the tony's kind of cleaning up with dear evan hansen was the beginning of that. And so there's a lot of bad beef around Dear Evan Hansen in the theater well, community with the kids. So <laughs> yeah. there's that. I personally don't like it for a lot of the plot reasons um, that we can get into. I think we're going to talk about a lot of the reasons why I don't like it, because honestly, the film version just amplifies what I didn't like about it as a show. So this was good timing, by the way, uh, Todd, just very quickly, um, because Angie's talking about the Tony so much that we also, while you were in town for a week, Watch the Tonys. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the <laughs> so it was the right out. time. It was, very... it was the, we really, we, that was the start of the week. So we really mm. bookended the week, I feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like the, it was a very Broadway uh, visit for me because I also saw a little shop of horrors on, right. uh, Great on, show. on Broadway Great show. with a, you know, and I saw it. And after watching Dear Evan Hansen, I was like, is this the same show? <laughs> like, like it's a, like it's about uh you know this loser nerd who feels mm-hmm. so alone and then does progressively worse and worse things for money fame and girls like it's i don't well, know the, like it's funny because a uh, great comet 
which is again based on Tolstoy's War and Peace. That's kind of the main plot of it is like a guy that keeps kind of fucking up for clout and then realizing like I'm an asshole at the end and there's a better way to be. And so Dear Evan Hansen was posited as like, wow, this breakthrough mental health show. And like when it's I can see your faces on this and just we're all in agreement here. Um, it's a horror movie. It's, <laughs> it's a horror. <laughs> and I yeah. want to be very clear. Uh, right now, I've got a background that covers it up. But if I took it away, um, anyone could very clearly see that uh, I basically just own nothing but 10 billion horror movies. I love horror. <laughs> and I and, and, and all I, I think it was the first thing I said to you, wasn't it, Todd? Oh, like that dawning realization of what the plot was, what the what the conceit of the story is. I said, mm-hmm. this is every thriller horror movie ever made. Person right? comes in, like ingratiates themselves into family or situation that's complex with elaborate lie, and then very slowly the lie starts to get too complex. And once you realize how yeah. big the lie is, it becomes terrifying. That's it. Yeah. That's it's, a that's a horror movie. It's Parasite, but it's set in like Central New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, there's a very very uh, like single white female yes. vibe to this, or you know, like one of those crazy like late eighties, early nineties things where it's like, oh, it's just you know my roommate or my doctor or you know the. Uh, right, the, the hookup my, I had last like my coworker and just becomes like steadily crazier. Okay, well, like when the trailer came out, everyone was talking about. I mean, we'll get into this later. The the horrible age makeup and all that shit. But for me, mm-hmm. I was like, this is the worst trailer I've ever seen mm-hmm. because, like, first off, the premise is so contrived. Yeah, that it takes them the entire length of the trailer to try and explain it. Right. But like mm-hmm. the, the story is, I mean, I for anyone who has not heard what this is about. Right. Some like kids, me. Yeah. <laughs> Evan Hansen is a loser, depressed kid because of a series of wacky misunderstandings. Everyone thinks that he was this best friend of this kid who killed himself. And he starts ingratiating himself in this family with this misunderstanding that he was, you know, uh, you know, he's milking it for sympathy, kind of by accident, I guess. And of course, you know, it gets further and further out of control. Also, a, like the big ahead, plot point is like he uses that like the boy who kills himself. Uh, Evan Hansen has a crush on his sister. So he uses yeah. that clout yes, uses to, to try. and Yeah, to get in her pants. And um, woof. Yeah. OK, this is the premise for a farce or a yes. comedy, <laughs> a dark comedy of some kind. Right. This is like Wedding Crashers, you know? Right. Like, There's so much good, like, black comedy potential in Dear Evan Hansen, but that's not what the show is, you know? <laughs> yeah, but, like, while they're explaining this premise in this really clunky trailer, they're also playing, like, the sappiest, most uplifting music. And I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> okay. Like, so- the, 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 the appeal of the show, I think, you know, is the music. Because, you know, a little bunch of little theater kids really love this heartwarming, you know, uplifting music about like finding happiness in the middle of horrifying sadness while they're playing this horror fucking premise. It's well, same, so same music weird. as the people that also I, did The Greatest Showman. 
Yeah, I was yes. about to say, I think we should pause here and say this is this is Ben Patrick and um, Justin Paul, who also did one Greatest Showman, two La La Land, and three the original mm-hmm. songs for the Aladdin live action film. They've done other projects besides that, but those are three very big. Like, that's a, a if you're familiar with the sport of bowling, a turkey, that is a turkey <laughs> right there for me. I, I, like, I at least remembered the songs from Greatest Showman. I I could not I could, I think there's maybe like one song I could recall from uh Dear Evan Hansen and zero from La La Land. So uh, well, not as good go- as Greatest Showman is my verdict. If we're going to talk about like why I why personally like going back to something you asked me earlier why I did not like this show is I found it very um you know, I had had so many friends who were like, oh, my God, the show Dear Evan Hansen. And, you know, I try not to be super cynical about listening to things at this point in my life. But I listened to it and it was just like incredibly bland. Like there is this trend in Broadway that is just and it, it's not inherently bad per se. There are shows that do a lot of great stuff with like pop pastiche. But Dear Evan Hansen to me was just like when you see inspirational like Christian movies, like uh, yes, that is what that yes. music all sounds like to me it's all very like we're gonna bell from our nose you know like that kind of thing there's a really funny tiktok going around of someone just being like modern musical theater is all just being like and hey the sun came out and you're like yeah like it's just (laughs) like just very uh, syrupy about nothing like nothing is the music's not motivated by a certain emotion necessarily it's just all kind of bland like it's elevator music and I thought it all sounded like Al City music. And then apparently Al City has like done a cover of like the big song from the show. Oh, so I'm wow. like this. Yeah, it's just all it's musical theater for people who don't like musical theater in the way that Game of Thrones is pitched as fantasy for people who don't like fantasy, you know, like where it's like uh, it's it's very watery music. Very yeah. Sappy, watery, bland. You know, it's hard to know where to start. I guess we can yeah. just start with the obvious, like which is like that Ben Platt, who plays Evan Hansen, looks like fucking dog shit. He looks like fucking absolute dog shit. And it's like we were. He looks like he looks like Stuart from Mad TV to me. (laughs) Like he's so overstyled to look young that it it crosses into that like, you know, ventriloquist dummy, like adult playing a kid in like British pantomime kind of look like that's that's what he looks like to me. It's. It's much worse at home, too. I have to say, like, even as you know, we saw it on this big screen. Right. But when you're when you can look at a screen like just an inch in front of your face, if, if you so are are given to uh, it's so much worse. And here's the thing. There's one of two possibilities here. Either a the makeup is bad or B. He's just so old, but I don't it's really hard to believe. Right. Like. He's not that old. No, he is he's way fucking younger than me. That's for goddamn sure. Yeah, he's like he, twenty. I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah like, it's, how- it's wild to me that they. I, I, you know, I usually don't put it on a makeup department or like a, a team of people that did wigs or mm-hmm. costumes. It's not my way, but I don't. It's especially in the opening because they get so close on his face. Yeah, it's ter- It's so obvious that there's this pancake makeup on on his face and. Exactly to your point, Angie, like you can see the the fake rosiness that they've put on. Yeah. That he really, it is very mad TV. Yeah. I don't, it's just shocking. He doesn't just look old. He looks weird. Yes. Like no should look like that. He's got that weird mop of hair and like yeah. his pancake. You know, like well, something like, I saw. 
Oh, sorry. I was going to say, like, you know how the Rent movie, they cast all of the original Broadway cast for the most part, even though they were, like, 15 years too old? Like, they at least didn't put a ton of make. Like, they might have styled them like they were younger. They might have told them, pretend you're an asshole and you're 22. But, like, you're, like, you're not, like, made uncomfortable by how they look. Like, you're, like, they're too old for this shit, but they don't make me uncomfortable. Ben Platt, like, again, like, looks like... Um, what's the dummy from Go- um, Goosebumps? Uh, Slappy? Uh, like, Slappy, yes. He looks like Slappy oh, to me. Great... Like, like, yeah. I like... was going to go for Chucky because I had interviewed Jennifer Tilly today. By the way, I'm going to bring up the fact that I interviewed Jennifer Tilly whenever I'm feeling sad. Uh, As you should. That's amazing. About this. So there's going to be a lot of me talking about Jennifer Tilly. By the way, Jennifer Tilly is wonderful. If you're if you're looking for something in the darkness of this review that we're about to give, something that will be a light in your life, Jennifer Tilly is wonderful. And if you haven't seen the Chucky movies or the Chucky TV series, I recommend you watch all of it. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, dear Evan Hansen. I'm looking for happiness, Todd. Don't 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 make that face at me. All right. You know something. I remember. Uh, in Tom, in Risky Business, I remember Tom Cruise saying that like he put on a lot of weight to play the role and then lost it all so that it would still be in his face so he would look normal. Mm, it's like, sure. why, didn't, why didn't you do that, Ben Platt? That sounds yeah. that looks something much more normal. Well, that I, you, the I answer like- is he didn't have to. His dad was the producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like Go we ahead, need to Angie, talk about the fact there have been younger people that have played Evan Hansen. Um, and it's like, obviously, like when you're 27 and you're playing on the stage, you can get away with so much more. And that's one thing. But like there have been people that have, are, are close to Evan's age that have played this part. But because Mark Platt, uh, Ben Platt, the star of Dear Evan Hansen's dad, was the producer of this movie and is also a huge Broadway producer to begin with. And it also worked in like he produced the Legally Blonde films, if I'm remembering correctly he worked for tri- like his dad is a big ass name like we would not be here looking at ben platt if this were not solely nepotism it's not just that it's bad casting it's that it's also nepotism that i think makes it like particularly egregious you know <laughs> like yeah. the guy who plays connor the kid who kills himself like it mm-hmm. was in the broadway show and even though he doesn't look like a high schooler he can pull off being a high schooler you know and like yeah, like you know, like, I don't see why the, the makeup, it just makes it worse, you know? Yeah. Just have him be a 27-year-old playing, uh, you know, do a Dawson's Creek style. We'll just roll with it. Right. But, like, because of the way it is, like, I'd try and roll with it. I was like, okay, we're here. It's grandfathered in. We'll just try and be okay. And yeah. then and then he'd pop a neck muscle or something. And then... <laughs> And it'd be like when when uh, Bilbo turns evil in Lord of the Rings, and it's like, oh. <laughs> you could see like a vein. They're like, that's a gas leak about to happen right yeah. there. Like you just like see it throbbing in like this weird sci-fi kind of way. Like you look at an alien's yeah, egg, and you're I'll, just like, mm, something's gonna hatch, and it's not gonna be good. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. The worst part, like there was like a, a screenshot of him crying with neck muscles everywhere that. Everyone pointed at that one, but for me, it's the part where he's like going to prom with the girl, and he's you know he's got to put on his you know dance clothes, his tux, and everything, and it just immediately kills the illusion because like <laughs> I'm watching that and I'm like this is you know this is not uh you know a, a kid in adult clothing. This is a grown man with a stupid haircut. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a real difference between um kid wearing his dad's suit. And adult going to a funeral. I don't like that. Yeah. 
like I, again, it's that weird thing where it's like he's not that old, and like the other people that they cast are also in their like early mid twenties. Like Caitlin Dever, who plays Zoe, the girl he has a crush on, she's only a couple years younger than him. But for you could have fooled me that she was like fifteen years younger and actually in yeah, high school. So sure. it makes it look even more uncomfortable. Like you sit there watching this movie, going like, "I'm going to call the cops on Dear Evan Hansen." <laughs> like this is so uncomfortable. Um, I'm going to tell you the thing that it really made me think of. So uh, back in the day, I I, I went to a, a convention and I sort of just was like, hey, you know, there was a makeup person who was taking like a lot of time with me. And I was like, I'm nobody. Don't worry about me. But and I pointed to the person who was the face of the the network and I was like, that person is the face of the brand. And then they overdid it. They put way too much time and attention onto that, and I thought, well, and they like talked about it too. It was like, the whole thing was very weird, but it made me think of the fact that here we have Ben Platt, his dad is this producer, and my conclusion, based on purely anecdotal experience, uh, is that someone was like, that guy is the son of that guy, and was in the show all along, and so they put an abundance too much attention on him some makeup person just was like oh that's that's the boss's kid yeah uh-huh. and went too far and that's why it's bad puberty looks different you know like right. yeah. when you are a grown-up man you, you there's no going back you know like 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 just straight up living it like he looks like he's in his 20s and that's not a bad thing but like th- that dewiness is gone baby you know and like trying to recreate it is just like you know, if you have younger people that actually look there that age, it's just it makes it just more uncomfortable in comparison, I guess. I don't I don't know if that if that makes sense. I don't want to like say anything yeah. weird here, but it's just like no, no, puberty no, no, looks totally fine. very I mean, different. Like, I've, like I've, I've seen so you know, I mean like boy, who if we're going to do it, then let's do it. Um mm. I've known people that transitioned um female to male who then were like mm-hmm. never mind. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if you take a bunch of testosterone, boy, that's some that does some fucking shit to you. I'll, I, I'll tell yeah. you what. Sure, yeah. Uh, that you can't take back. So you know, yeah. I mean, I think you can live with it, of of course. But sure, like, sure, yeah. If you try to put if you try to put a bunch of makeup on to cover it up, you're never you're never going to right. Like that's a thing that you, that has happened to your body, and right. it is what it is. Uh, and, and and that's the thing. Like Ben Platt, like they put this makeup on him, and it's like you can't. This is one diddle you can't undo. Like, yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Like there's a certain point, I guess, in any person's life where you cross a certain threshold of how you look at your age and you're just you can just have cut all that. Like, that's what I'm getting at. You cross a certain threshold. Everyone has it where you just there's no recapturing that dewy youthfulness and putting powder and mattifying powder on it is just going to make it look 8000 times worse. Um, Unless you're Jennifer Tilly, by the way. Unless you're Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly well, can do that shit until she's in the ground. Yeah, she'll be Fucking 102. Keep going, Jennifer Tilly. I love you. Uh, anyway, that's I li- trying to keep positive. Got positive things to say about Jennifer Tilly. And oh man, I appreciate it. I, I understand why you're trying to keep positive because we're gonna ha- like we've been dancing around. We've talked about the old age stuff, which is funny. It's funny, yeah. and then we're eventually gonna have to get to the not funny shit. Yeah. No oh, boy. It's like when you're at an intervention and you're just like the friend hasn't arrived yet, and you're just like, "Wow, it's amazing the last time we saw each other." <laughs> and you yeah. don't want to talk about the reason why you're actually there because you've just like it's it's just too nerve wracking. Which is to say okay. that it's a fundamentally dark and fucked up show. Um, okay. It is. It's, yeah. it's yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, how long? So the answer is 25 minutes. Uh, <laughs> we've been talking for about 25 minutes, Angie. 
when was the first time you thought about killing yourself? Because I was nine. <laughs> uh, and this is well, literally the reason why I hate this movie so fucking much. No, this like, is I, it. I have a very, very, like, so, 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 yeah. Well, the very first time I thought of it, like, I had a family member um, k- kill themselves when I was nine years old. And it, 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 to say that it ruined, not ruined my life, but deeply shook up my whole family life is kind of, and this, this wasn't even like a brother or sister. It was, it was a cousin, you know? And like to say that it just totally changed the foundation of like how my family interacted, how me as a nine year old perceived like mortality, my family members who were also stressed out at the time, like it's an understatement, you know? So like I've been sitting thinking about Dear Evan Hansen in terms of like, there's this whole discussion on Twitter about does art have to be moral to be good? And, you know, I usually lie on the side of no, it does not. Like art is a great space to explore characters who do bad things, people who or things that you're uncomfortable with. And so there's this weird flaw of me that wants to be like, okay, Dear Evan Hansen should be allowed to explore a character who does something very, very bad. But like, um, uh, I'm literally going (sighs) to use my conversation with Jennifer Tilly as he means. <laughs> so wait, so here's the thing. So like, so should Chucky as a character, right? In mm-hmm. the TV show that they're putting out now, <laughs> they are exploring how did he become a killer? And the answer is mm-hmm. he was just born bad. There is no explanation. Mm-hmm. He's a bad mm-hmm. guy. And like, that's a story that TV show explores wherein there's a child who, multiple children really, who start to consider that Chucky might be right, that sometimes killing mm-hmm. is justified. Like mm. brutal ass murder, like because you're mm. mad at somebody could be justified. Mm. And mm. I watched it and all I could think was that's really fucked up. And I don't know that it's moral to put a show like that out into the world. Sure. But at the same time, like as the kid that got beat up every day after school, did I think like that? Yeah, fuck yeah, I oh. did. Like I, compl- I completely so like I get it. And the fact that they're exploring that makes sense to me. But here's yeah. the thing about it. It's the tone, it's the way it's written, it's who that character is. Yeah. You can question the morality of it, but there is a point in which they go, what's the angle that we're coming at for this? And Evan Hansen's angle is treacly and and sentimental. Yeah. And that, frankly, for me, has no fucking place in this story. That is that That is really like, if there's... If there's a through line for what bothers me the most, it is that that way that it's so sentimental and so so saccharinely sweet that I was like, in this, in this horror movie you made, no, 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 yeah, like the way I know both of you, like if we trace back that lineage enough, we're we're three nerds shitting on a movie right now, like we were Mm -hmm. all probably just deeply miserable in middle school and high school and have (laughs) have a lot to relate to this. Oh, (laughs) not me actually, I was cool, Um, but uh, like, (laughs) like there's so much. I mean, I believe you. Like, I, like I do have to wonder, like, if this show came out when I was in high school, how would I, how would I feel about it? But the thing about this show is, like, it's very. There's never a moment, I guess, of real introspection for Evan. At least in the movie, there was kind of a song in the show that got cut. But even then, at the end of the day, and I say this going back to your earlier question, like, when was the first time like you had ever thought about killing yourself? And uh, so, a couple of years ago, my sister's uh, best friend killed herself, and it it fucked up my life. Like, it fucked up her life deeply and it's not so much that evan does bad things it's that what is the sum of everyone else who is affected by him and basically he kind of gets 
off scot free for doing that, you know, whereas I if I think about the person or the people in my life who have ended their lives, it's such like anyone who has ever known anyone who has done that knows like there's no closure. There's not like really any good closure in that there's no easy answers to what you've gone through. And for what Evan puts uh, Connor's family through in so many different ways and that he's kind of put off lightly in that. And it's kind of treated as like, oh, a youthful mistake. Like even at my most fucked up as a high schooler I w- and most depressed, I would like to think I surely would walk away with a little bit more introspection and hopefully a, a little bit more retribution directed towards me for that. Cause that it's awful. Yeah, like what Evan does. Like, like let, let me say this. I, I just rewatched it right before I came, came into this chat. And I want to say like, this gets enough, right? Just, like just barely enough, right. That it becomes really, really offensive. Yeah. Like, yes. Yes. Like, right. That, yeah. Well, I can tell you like, here's the one big problem right now. Is that the rest of the cast is good, but yes. Ben Platt is not. Yes. <laughs> so when they are hurt by what he does, you really feel it. Yes. But when Ben Platt feels bad, you don't feel that at all. No. You're a you know you're a walking fucking mannequin who. <laughs> He's not sympathetic. He, yeah, he whatsoever. looks like he's straight out of today's special. Like if I take his hat <laughs> yeah. away, I'll turn yeah. into a mannequin. Yeah. And versus what you have done to this family. Like these are grieving, pained people who are yeah. just trying to like. They think you're his best friend, and they were like, you know, tell us some good things so we'll know that he had some happiness in life, and that'll bring us some comfort to us. The grieving mother and father and sister of this kid who was apparently messed up like unbalanced all his life right. and apparently lived a pretty unhappy fucking life. They're just trying to know. It was like, well, at least he knew some joy. And then you tell them that and you take that shit away from them. It yeah. is devastating. Yeah. yeah and once like, you, once you start that lie, you can never stop. And the fact that he uses like this as like a way to get closer to the sister that he has a crush on. So like in, in dear Evan Hansen, Connor, the kid who kills himself is an abusive older brother. It's implied that he's a very physically abusive older brother. And there's a lot. No, of- I mean, yeah, they're like Oops. literally holes in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And the sister has like a lot of very complex issues about him. She does not have like, so I, I, I don't have a great relationship with a family member of mine for the very same reason. And all I could think about is if some kid came to me being like, no, actually your brother loved you. And like, it was just them trying to get i would murder like i'm not a vengeful person but i would find i'd go to the ren fair i'd go to the sword tent i'd be like give me your sharpest katana please i'd rent a car i'd drive to his house i'd make sure your final fantasy 7 sword please i want the sharpest keyblade replica you can give me so i can power the keyblade so i can go after this this boy man this man child this this thing um yeah like i like there's just no real like I can see when you're 16 seeing this show and being like a little musical theater nerd who's like, when will people love me for who I am? And going like, wow, it's real deep. But the moment that you're anywhere older than that and realize like there's real world consequences to how you talk to people, like it just kind of all falls flat. Like I could see room where there could have been a good Dear Evan Hansen is what I'm getting at. But like so grateful that when I was in high school, the the, the big stuff was Les Mis and then Rent. God, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, like Rent has its problems, but I'll tell you what. Well, look, I'll take rent over Dear Evan Hansen. I mean, for my money, I'll 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 take rent over Dear Evan Hansen anytime. Look, look, here's the thing, Uh, Connor. 
whatever it is that he may be like, however it is they may paint him, um, mm. nobody deserves to have their death used in really any way, but certainly not this way. I think that that was the thing. When I – like, you know, I didn't know – when you said, Angie, that you really hated this movie on Facebook – I was like, look, I mean, I don't know your life. I don't know what 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 it is that you're coming from that made you get to to that place of like sheer true hatred. But I knew what it was that did it for me, and it was that I thought, you know, gosh, I remember being very vocally violent as as a, as a person in grade school and high school because I was so angry about the fact that I got beat up on all the time. I had a lot of problems growing up as a kid, as I imagine most a lot of our listeners have. And so when Connor died, I was like, boy, that's the path not taken because I was nine. I remember. I remember, you know, um, there was like a little stream that was right by um, the playground when I was when, you know, so when you go to lunch, you know, like everyone would play on the playground and I would walk to the Tenekel, uh stream and wish that it was a raging torrent that I could throw myself into. And, you know, there's a version there's a version of me that went through it and like. All I can think throughout the whole movie, especially that there's a song where they're coming up with fake letters that Connor has uh, written. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. And it's played for laughs, too. Like, and it's right. Like, and, and, and the entire all time I can think about was is, him, though. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Connor, like whatever, you can consider him flawed. And I'm sure that he was. I mean, the sure. fact that he's, you know, that he's putting holes in walls, you know, if he's if he's beating up his sister, that's it. I mean, you know, I'm an only child. so But I, he's also 17 record, years old. I didn't old. beat up on anybody. Like, but right. But like he's, a, he's you know, like I get he's it. He's a teenager. I understand and like, what it is I have, to be I, really. Yeah. And so to watch, like, you know, he's dead. So obviously he's not thinking anything. But I'm a, yeah. I'm a an adult who was a kid that was not terribly unlike Connor. And so mm-hmm. my advocation is with him. My thoughts sure. are with him. And so watching, that was the thing that was like, there's just, there's no point in the story where I go, boy, they really did Connor justice here. Never happened. Yeah. Right. Like I, like yeah. I get it's that like, like Evan Hansen is, is also dealing with suicidal stuff, but good grief, man. Like it really, that was the thing when I walked out and I said, I hate this movie. That was what it was about for me. Like this is the musical equivalent of like when someone, you know, dies in a really sad way. And if you were close to them, people immediately come to you and ask like, well, so how did they die? You know, it doesn't feel like there's any well, actual empathy or interest in understanding. It's just people kind of want to rubberneck at something yeah. terrible without having to like look at it too deeply. And that's what Dear Evan Hansen, like to me, this could have if you had just taken Evan out of this movie and had made it about the Murphys, like I think you'd have a very interesting, compelling piece of art. To talk about, you know, with 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 teenagers and mental health and and just, you know, toxic family dynamics. But you put this weird interloper who puts no introspection into actual actual Connor's life, you know, or even Zoe's, you know, it has to be like everyone else doing all of the heavy lifting. Um, so it's like, why is Evan he- like, why is Evan here? Why is this care? Like, I was like, I'm just thinking this out. I'm talking it out loud literally right now. I'm like, this could have been a perfectly fine piece of drama if Evan was just not in it, you know, <laughs> Yeah. Like there's a there's a we're talking about that comedy musical. It's like the only comedy scene in the movie like this. I was like, we've got to make some fake letters to give this family that really wants it. And so they write these fake letters and they've got like the the ghost of Connor, like doing stupid things while they're writing these fake letters like, oh, I'm rubbing my nipples into light. Right. And- I'm go karting. 
Yeah, and I was like watching this, and I'm like, I had thought this should be a comedy, but now that they are actually doing the comedy that I expected this to be, but only for this one scene, this is so much more tasteless than yes. if it had just been a full comedy. I was like, this is horrifying. What the fuck are you doing, you pieces of shit? Yeah. yeah at, this, at this point, I, I, I think I said to you in the theater, I, I felt like in that scene, they should have had him in corpse makeup yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly like, like 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 american werewolf in london style like yeah because like, you know, that that the horrible. way evan hansen is a werewolf i've just made this movie so much better yeah <laughs> evan hansen is a werewolf and yeah okay, I, and honestly it sounded very weakened at bernie's to me where like oh, oh this is getting God. dark <laughs> i'm just like no no yeah, yeah but it, it was just like because it is meant to be a funny moment in a stage show too and again with stage you can get away with a lot more but like in a movie where everything is like hyper literal because you have basically one kind of tonal focus for most directors at least like it just it, it was very jarring and gross yeah yeah like can i say like the the reason they're writing these fake letters is because the the mom a- amy adams is basically demanding it and let me say like they try to make evan less culpable by yeah. having the mom just like feed him everything. He's like, where did you go? He's like, you went to the orchard, right? The the what? Yeah. The orchard and hint. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> and then you went to that ice cream place he liked, right? Right? Yeah. Wink. Like It's like what TV psychics do, where you're like, yeah, yeah, so you had a mom. What did she do? Oh, she worked at the DMV. I'm sure she was very stressed out all the time, right? Like, like that's it, yes. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it reminded me of that. The Simpsons episode where it turned out Seymour Skinner just like stole someone's identity. Yes. (laughs) Are you talking about one of the worst episodes in Simpsons history? So bad that they struck it from the fucking canon. They struck it. It doesn't even count anymore. Yeah. By the way, Dear Evan Hansen also doesn't count to the canon of Broadway. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, specifically the scene where Seymour's like, I think deep down she knew I wasn't really her son. And then the mom's like, oh, by the way, your room's like upstairs to the left. Like, like yeah. this is like, like how much could Amy Adams like feed this to him? Like she, he didn't even have to try to lie. It was like, no, it's not his fault. She forced yeah. it on him. Yeah. See, and it's like, oh, it's not his fault that he's like clinging on to them. It's because his mom is a detached, you know, workaholic, too. You know, like. No, no, let me say this. Julianne Moore is like really genuinely good in this. She's great. She's yeah. She's like a good struggling single mom. And for me, this movie is better. Not without Evan, but if Evan really was Connor's friend, because there's like a lot of really complicated stuff. Like after that, like the the parents, these, you know, these like grieving, rich and kind of creepy and presumptuous parents they just kind of uh, emotionally adopt him. Yeah. And they're like, we're just like, we're just replacing our son with a better son. Right. And, and like, there's that whole scene where like they offer to give like, you know, the money that they're going to give to Connor for college to Evan. And his mom gets really offended by that. Like, that's very real, you know, like just that kind of like yeah. you're buying my child. And like, to me, that's so interesting, but it's all, none of it actually matters. Cause it's all at the surface of just like, Oh, poor Evan. He's caught. In, yeah. And let me, like, yeah. Let me say that Julianne Moore is really great in that scene as she realizes what the fuck has been happening. Why is her son has been, uh, you know, disappearing from family dinners and all that. I was like, Oh, yeah. I decided that my real family is this rich, needy family who, you know, are there all the time and can pay for college and all that shit. 
but like this stuff about the lie where like they're clearly just so desperate and like even at best even if everything he said was true like well like the best case scenario is like yeah i knew connor we hung out a couple times in the summer right like, you were his, his best friend the lie right. is so contrived like they he finds a letter he signs the cast and all that shit like it's really really forced like yeah and the fact that like his you know there's like only i know that teenagers kind of that's when you start developing your own external life and you begin like separating pieces of you from your parents because you want that independence but like the fact that like his sister and who goes to school and like interacts with him regularly Mm -hmm. is just kind of like oh you were his friend and like that like but then uh, like obviously suspicion builds in the movie but like that immediately everyone was just kind of like yeah it's just like i don't i i mean i don't yeah. remember high school that well because i'm old but like it just is so inorganic like yeah well there, everyone there's a, would be up on that i don't know I, just, I did like there was a funny scene where like you know amy adams is feeding him everything He's like, and you went to the orchard right and you got ice cream right and the <laughs> sister's just looking there like what the fuck are any of <laughs> yes. you talking about yes <laughs> Oh, Caitlin Dever is so good. Like, she's the other yeah. person that is, like, fantastic in this movie. And I had only ever seen her in Booksmart, I think. And, yeah, like, same. she's she's great in this. And, again, but it's all, the, it's the Ben Platt show. So none of it, like, gets to gel. The stuff that's actually good is just all, it's just, it, it's all in service of this really stupid plot that makes no sense and is actually really, yeah, emo- I mean, like, we, terrible. We, we, I mean, we've already glanced at it, but it is so fucked up that he does this to fuck his the dead kid's sister yes like i was like i'm trying to make the family happy okay i'm i get emotional support from them that's a little creepy but like and also i want to fuck your sister so i am lying to that i knew you dead kid so that i you know and they they like go to prom they go on the dates and stuff like i did they have sex did they i i (laughs) i yeah exactly like i you know, again, when we talk about, oh, art and morality, and most people do yeah. genuinely, you know, we all have done shitty things in our lives. And I think the fact that if you had actually took anyone who defends this and was like, if your sibling died and someone was using their memory to fuck you, how would you honestly feel about that? Like, you might, it might not be the worst crime in the history of humanity, but like, you as a person, how would you react to that? Like, what would be the honest reaction that most people would have in learning that you did that to somebody to somebody whose brother just killed themselves i think when you really like think about it like that and obviously it's theater you know blah 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 blah. not everything is a direct correlation to real life but this the other thing about this is that it so desperately wants to seem like a real life thing it'd be one thing if this was played as like this is teen drama this is a cw type shit where there's like a suspension of disbelief with stupid shit that happens but like it wants to be realistic it wants to be like Yes, this is the perks of being a wallflower. We're portraying real, you know, teenage dumb here. It's, it's like, funny because the director also wrote the book exactly. the perks of yep. being a wallflower and directed the, the adaptation. Yep. Yeah. I've never I, seen I, it. Yeah, very strange. I was going to say the real life version of this is, and then Twitter finds out. Right. And then that dear Evan Hansen fucking kills himself, right? Like that's that's the way that plays out in real life, isn't it? I, I don't like – not to be in fucking delicate here, but like he gets canceled on Twitter. He's never going to get a job. He's going to be tormented the world over. No one's ever going to forget his name. He's going to be like, what's her face? Waiting, to, waiting for her to land type of shit. Like 
You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's well, the like, eternal hashtag he goes- and he can't take it anymore. That's if you're telling an honest story, if that's the story you're telling, uh, I mean, that's, that's the way that story ends. I mean, that, that's the, I think the worst part about it, like, and like for real, for real, like the weird age makeup is like number five or six on the worst things about this yeah, movie. Maybe. Like the worst thing about it is that you have to watch this knowing that when the lie is exposed, nothing could possibly make this right yes there is no like when you're in that deep and when you have done what you have done once it like because this is a movie it's going to get found out and once it is found out there that's the end that is the end and whatever comes after that is going to be total fucking horse shit yeah uh the show ends with him like working at a Pier one saving up for college. I'm not joking. Like that's how it ends. I was really drunk by the end of the movie. So I forget if they like, <laughs> literally copied that. And like, he talks to Zoe and Zoe's like, well, I don't like you, but I forgive you. And I'm like, I mean, that is a very mature response. I'm at in my thirties, forgiving people who hurt me <laughs> as an 18 year old, like that close to it. Again, there's like no real consequence to this and again it wants to be a serious take on mental health in high school that is contemporary and none of it there's no actual no there's no actual consequence to it that feels real like he he, he's forced to tell he's forced to come clean everyone is devastated and like he's like goes up to him later he's like "I, i need to tell everyone the the sister says like you've hurt enough people and we don't want you to hurt yourself which is what we think will happen if you you know, are lies supposed so why don't you just please leave us alone please you've done too much and that motherfucker does it anyway mm-hmm. right yes Ugh. and then and then nothing happens nothing fucking happens like he just gets glared at in school but that's it like yeah. in real life you do not graduate with these with your peers no like I I, I remember what what you said to me in the theater, Lena, was like, okay, first thing that happens is that when he tells his mom, well, first the mom sings a song in the movie. What actually happens is like, okay, kid, we're going to get through this. But first I'm going to take a walk around the block and a smoke break because Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> right. Parents are yeah. still humans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yes. I, I forgot yeah. that it was me that said that. I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think if, you know, I mean, I have no children. So I, I obviously can't answer that. But like mm-hmm. my no, gut tells me that if I had a child who was teenage aged and they mm-hmm. did the, th- you know, did this thing that they did. Look, I, you know, I've often said, we all familiar with the, the book slash movie Rosemary's Baby. We you know that one. Yes. <laughs> so like the end of Rosemary's Baby to ruin it, if you've somehow never read this book or seen this movie, is that Rosemary finds that, the, you know, she's given birth to Satan's son. And if rather than like throwing that kid out the window, she rocks that kid to sleep in the in the cradle. And what I find so creepy about that is that I get it because that's still her child. And so, of course, no matter what that kid is, no matter what that kid does, a part of her is always going to instinctually have a desire to defend, to protect, because that is the nature of parenthood at, you know, not at its best, but it's a part of parenthood. I still looking at dear Evan Hansen and looking at Evan Hansen and his choices, I look at his mom and I go, 
yeah, like, I think I would still love you because I would still be your mom, but, like, 100% in order to prevent, prevent myself from knocking a couple teeth out of your mouth, I would go take a right. walk around the block and be like, how the <laughs> fuck am I supposed to continue loving this child? Holy shit. I would allow myself the human element. And I'm like, where's that song? Yeah. Where's the song where Julianne Moore is walking around the block going like, fuck like that's what it's called that's the name of the song it's called fuck and what you actually said in the theater was like and after this what we do for our child is that we get him into a supervised facility where he is going to sleep for the next couple weeks yeah we are till we are sure he's okay because he's got to you know he's everything has fallen apart for him now he's done something really terrible everyone knows about it and he has a history of self-harm yeah so Right. Like, I don't I don't know. Do we, yeah, but she at that point he's he has told her, right? Like that's yeah. the where he's yeah. like, by the way, the reason that my arm is broken is because I try to kill myself. Yeah, I yeah. mean a hundred percent. Again, like, you know, everything that I'm gonna say is purely anecdotal. Um I spent some time in a in a in a in a facility right out of mm. um right out of high school of like my mm. first week of college because I had like a complete mental break. And uh mm. that was right. Because I was totally, you know, like the person that made that call and was like, I'm concerned that this person is a danger to themselves. Like that was mm-hmm. the, you know, the right decision. The the system, the mechanism that is in place, at least circa 1999, uh, I could tell you is not the best. But like at the same time, like what the fuck else are you supposed to do? Right. Yeah. Like there's no way that any one individual is going to be able to look at a person who has made such huge mistakes, has done such irreparable harm to themselves yeah. and the people around them, and then say, you know, yeah, I can handle that. You, there's no amount of adulting. There's no amount of maturity that without a degree in the social studies, you know what I mean? Like without being that person that's done the work to know what you do next, you can't. Like you, you can yeah. be a parent and care, but like, no, man, there's nobody, there's just nobody that without professional yeah. training is going to be able to deal with that. That's the reason why I said that. Not to, boy, what a fucking bummer, but like, I don't know what else to say. Like, no, that's the, that is I what mean, I, I relate like, to Yeah, that man like, believe that he needs to be observed. And that's not an insult. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And like, so my, 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 I have a sibling who has had a lot of anger issues and has been in and out of facilities and has been arrested and that sort of thing. And like my mom, still loves them very much, you know, but like it's, it's a really fucked up kind of relationship to have where you really love your child and they do shitty things. And it's not as easy as, as this movie makes it out to be. Oh yeah. She just sings a song and we're going to get through it and they get through it. It's fine. And again, there's like a certain amount of suspension disbelief that you can have, but this is like something that I kind of like wanted to move towards. But like the, this film is also just, it's shot in like color graded in this gray blue, Everything is just like back and forth shot. Like it's so bland. It's so like this is look. It's, it's real. So it's ugly. so real. It's so fucking ugly. That like you it's... can't even suspend that. Like you can't even suspend that disbelief that it's just like yeah, it's a teenager. You know, fucking up. And teenagers do fuck up sometimes really badly. But the way people respond to it doesn't have any real. Like I, I in middle school, the last day of school before our graduation, I was in a talent show and I sang and my voice cracked and that haunted me. Literally until college. Like I went to a private school after middle school and that still haunted me, you know, and this was just like embarrassing myself in a talent show. This wasn't like inundating myself to a dead kid's like family and trying to get into a sister's pants and like 
that fucking followed me. And like now that you have like Google where people can Google Evan Hansen, like what's going to come up? You know, like it, it, it is very strange that they have a show where they understand that social media would have a reaction to this to the point that he, Evan Hansen, is checking yeah. everywhere. And that later on in the story, they do this whole thing where like uh, Amanda Stenberg's character posts something and it immediately trends. It goes all over the place and he sings the song, the song trends. All this stuff is really talking about social media a lot and yet mm. – at the tail end of it, they act as though it didn't happen. The idea, yeah. the idea that he did what he did would not trend after everything else did. You know, I mean, like, I don't, right. it's very, it's very morbid. It's like, I mean, think about it, honestly, like think about how many not famous people you can think of or people that are only arbitrarily, like only a little bit famous that have then become the main character of Twitter.com to the point that they didn't know how to fucking cope. I mean, like, Literally, I think every single one of us either know somebody like that or is that person like 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 we've all been through this type of shit. So like, yeah, I know it's very strange. It's very atonal. It's very unrealistic to the point that it harms the story in a way that's irreparable. Right. And that particular subject matter is like, can you imagine if like so it's like, oh, someone who started like the ice bucket challenge turned out to be a kitty fiddler like. Twitter would never shut the fuck up about that. Like that would be yeah. like the point of conversation for days, you know? Like Yes, yeah, we have a com- this- we have a term for this. It's called milkshake duck. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Devin Evan Hansen is a milkshake duck. He's milkshake duck. <laughs> like no, he it absolutely would have because he trends, he goes viral for, you know, this doesn't make any sense either, but like he gives a speech about uh, you know, uh his at the assembly about his, you know, his dead friend and it goes viral and it gives a lot of people hope and like everyone's posting on the Facebook. It's like, I wish I knew you Connor. And it's like, and it's the song literally goes like, like share forward, subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. But it's also just like the, the, I don't know. Like, so there could be a very dark version of this where it's like, yeah, of course Evan gets away with it. It's because he's like a white guy. Like, and that's why, mm. like, I mean, I'm looking at Kyle Rittenhouse probably going to get off on all the dumb shit he did. And it's kind of like, yeah. well, if I were thinking about this from a really pragmatic and cynical point of view, dear Evan yeah. Hansen makes sense. But like, that's not what the show, like the show clearly wants it to be inspirational, you know, <laughs> like, Oh, okay. he, he meant well anyway. Sorry. Like, like, ugh. okay. I don't let, know. Me, let me say like, for me, the second most offensive part of this is that he makes it better. Like, well, you got caught, but I can, what can I do to make it better? I found this video. Okay, what he does is like, well, I need to know the real Connor. So I'm going to read his favorite books, and I'm going to reach out to people, see if we can find something that would give his family some peace. And he does it. He, he, okay, first off, he goes on Facebook. He finds you, like... Connor was tagged in a with a bunch of people in some rehab facility. I like, okay. And he reaches out to them. And one of them has like a video that of him playing a song he wrote in a fucking rehab center in his group therapy sessions. Like here, take this. I, someone was recording it for some reason. Go spread it around. Yeah. (laughs) That phone, if he was in a rehab center, one number one, he would not have the phone or his friend who recorded it would not have that phone. Number two, like it's just, it's so it's so two, contrived. It, it's so contrived. <laughs> and two, if you did, don't. I mean, I, I guess you can't hurt this kid anymore. He's he's he, he's passed. May he rest in peace. But like, 
I don't think he wanted that to, you know, be spread around. Yeah. It's everyone playing volleyball with the corpse of Connor Murphy. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, like what you were saying earlier, Lena, just about like thinking about Connor in this. And it's like whether or not you think, you know, he's a good or a bad person or a misunderstood kid with problems. Like at the end of the day, I think of everyone I know who has ever died in sad circumstances and had people use that death advantageously or to just make themselves feel better about them. Like when I've had friends that have passed in bad ways, people go like, I love them, even though, you know. They yeah, weren't around is, necessarily, you know, <laughs> like it, it's that times 8,000, but with no introspection. And I don't know. It, it pisses yeah, me off. Like, like, no, I, like I'm getting madder the more we talk about this. No, for sure. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's funny because it's caused me to relitigate stuff from my own past. Right. Like I think um, I remember my my first year of college, there was a guy that I we were we ran in similar circles and um, he he and I we uh, we went and saw Lost in Space. Oh man. Oh, the wow. movie Lost in Space. And he was like, I'll give you a ride home, man. And like we went out and like I played him some music that I had written on it and I, I had it on a tape and he played me a bunch of his stuff and he was like, Oh man, like I was I forget what I was doing. I was like around like it was college time, but I was only there for like a weekend or whatever it was. And we were like, Man, when like spring break comes around or whatever it was, we're gonna get together and we're gonna make music together. And I remember um, he died. He died right after this. Um, he fl- he. Some drunk driver flipped the divider and landed on the top of his car. And I remember at the time I was really upset because a guy that had been friends with him that had a falling out with him continued to have these negative feelings about the guy even after he died. I was like, this is so callous and cruel. Do you not even give a shit? This guy is dead. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, I look back on it and especially watching this movie, I'm like, well, I didn't really know that guy. Yeah. Like we, we literally hung out once and like what I saw was the possible potential of our friendship. But this guy who resented him still had gone through the highs and the lows of it. And in the end, like it's not that all he felt was hatred, but like the stuff that was bad was still bad. The stuff that he – that was never resolved still hurt him and he was still – like a lucid individual was like, I'm mad about this still. Like I'm still mad at him, you know, in the way that like Paul McCartney will talk about how sometimes he's still mad at John Lennon. Sure. And like, and all I can think is like, man, where's any of that kind of honesty in this movie? It's complete. It's completely fucking absent. And it makes me, yeah. Like I said, like I look back on the past and I'm like, even this person that I was upset with as a child, as an adult, I look back and I go, I understand that. I look at this movie and fundamentally, I don't. it's so unrealistic. I don't understand anything about it. It's funny because like Zoe has that whole, his sister Zoe has that whole song about like how she's like, I don't want to sing any Requiem for him. I have a lot of anger about that. And then it ends with her being like, no, Evan, you actually brought my family closer in doing this, you know? And it's just like. And this is exactly why I hated that so much. It was so uh, inferior. I mean, there's a lot of layers to it, but yes. that, was, that was certainly a thing that like in my own personal life, things that I recollected about this type of stuff where like yeah. you lose somebody young like that. And it's like, what's the honest way? And yeah. like, look, I don't, look, we're all, I mean, we're all kind of running around it, right? right. Dear, dear Evan has, Anson has, I think a goal. And the goal is everybody I think has some form of this. Mm -hmm. They lost somebody who was close to them or somebody that they knew lost somebody who was close to them or whatever it is. And it's your first time of dealing with that and you don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. 
and maybe you don't get it right. Maybe you even get some stuff wrong. And it's the conversation. It's a musical conversation of how do you deal with that. That's noble. I get that. Like if somebody had sat down and made that show. Yeah. You know, if that and, and said like, look, we're going to gloss a little bit because we want people to feel hopeful. I would say, OK, like there's I think there are lines to draw. I think there is nuance to explore or or not. But at every turn, this show chooses to do the thing that's so dishonest. Yeah. It's fine to do a thing that's not necessarily like, like what even is fucking moral? I don't know. Yeah. But at the very least to tell something that is true. I couldn't like how many things could you count in this film adaptation of this Broadway musical that you said this feels true versus things that feel completely false. And I think I could probably count on one hand the number of things that feel really emotionally true. And I couldn't count on every finger and toe I have (laughs) across multiple dimensions. (laughs) Yeah. As to what's false. Because this was like the youth, like zeitgeist show of Broadway in the same way that like, again, Rent was um, next to normal spirited uh, spring awakening. All of these shows had huge young like fan bases that really supported them. And then like a lot of older cynical people just being kind of like, well, and uh, you know what to what you were saying? Like, yes, I like this is this there is in like my most altruistic way of talking about Dear Evan Hansen, like a lot to say about like the theater of death, because death, death is a public thing. Like people mourn differently and they react in very sometimes very screwed up ways. And like, there's, there's a lot of honesty in something like Evan, like taking advantage of it, even not intending to, but then just kind of riding that way of like, I feel like, yes, there's a lot of dramatic potential and truth in that, but like, yeah, the consequences of it or even the framing of it doesn't ring true. But when you are 16 and you see this show and there's like just enough of a veneer of reality in the same way that rent, even if you are still living in your parents' house and I've never seen New York City, let alone New York, in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Like, you can imagine what it's like to be, like, the world is stacked against me, and I'm questioning who I am as an artistic entity, as from a sexuality point of view. Like, you can see the truth, like, the good things in that. Like, that's those are easy things to latch onto. It's just more like, as you get older, the consequences of that, and or not the consequences, but how it plays out is is, is very different. So, like... Yeah, like Dear Evan Hansen feels to me the same way that Rent feels to me. Like there's, you know, very interesting things that has to say, very, I think, altruistic or inspirational things buried in there. But it's lost because it's uh, just a weak show. Like that's that's like the uh, writing I mean, doesn't like, want to follow through on consequence or anything like that. We're not, not the first person to dunk on this this movie. Like I don't, I don't even think like the theater kids like uh, what I'm sure they'll tell us like, well, you need to see the show and you'll understand it better. Like this movie got it completely wrong, which here's, here's what I know. And the thing is that I literally have seen that there was a, there was a comment on Patreon mm-hmm. saying, I hope you'll talk about the show. And that was a, the, the Broadway show. And that, that was a part of why I wanted Angie to be a part of this, but oh man, <laughs> it, it wasn't just to be like, yeah, well we know somebody that had feelings about the show and it sucks there too. It was, yeah. it was also to say like, look, truly, honestly, there are plenty of things that I, look back now and understand the problems and still feel a profound attachment no matter what, you know? Yeah, my, mine's Fight Club, so. Like, Fight Club uh, holds oh, up. Oh, same. Fight Club's Fucking great. Same, I love Fight Club. 
<laughs> I love Fight Club so much. God, let, oh, where's man. the Fight Club musical? We could, we could do an episode on <laughs> that. Fight Club should be a. Oh my like, God. How fucking wait, great would a Fight Club out. musical be? There's been an American Psycho musical. There has to have been a That's Fight true. Club musical. So I'm like, if not, then there you go. Someone. Eleventh Doctor from Doctor Who, Matt Smith, was the star of the fucking American Psycho musical. Yeah. Anyway, that's got nothing to do here or there. Look, I just I, I, I feel like I wanna I wanna say twenty different ways that I can that if you got something emotionally off of this show, I never wanna say you have no business or that you're unethical. I mean, we, we you should feel bad. I don't want to say that. Too. We sure did. I just don't I don't <laughs> want somebody to feel awful for feeling good or feeling catharsis. Like catharsis is good. If you got it, then great. I think we can all have an affirmation that we're adults or almost adults that have great yeah. brains and can understand that we can't control how other people react to art, but that free yeah. discussion is a very important part of art itself. Uh, it, so there you go. Wow. Sure. Like we're, I mean, like, I, I feel like I don't want to end it like that because I thought yeah. this was a very bad movie and I feel no, like we sucks. should it's take garbage. a stick to it. <laughs> it's garbage. It's garbage. Well, it's garbage. But it's about such heavy topics. So we yeah. were like, we're always like tiptoeing around it, but like, well, like that's what makes it hard to criticize is everyone will be like it's that thing where it's like well it's about teen health you care about yeah, teen well, yeah, mental I mean, health right and you're just like no actually that, fuck them <laughs> like like no sorry. like lots of people have found this movie very easy to criticize because they do care about me- teen mental health yeah so I mean it's it, it's an offensive movie it, yeah like, it tells you a bunch of wrong things like no like ugh. Like, it's not going to be like when if you fucked up like that, what you do is you just have to, like, leave those poor people alone. Yeah. Like, you don't try harder. Don't try harder. You've done too much. You just got to live with that for the rest of your life. And like, yeah, you know, what I want to tell you and what Dear Evan Hansen will not is, you know, it, it's OK if you're lonely. OK, it's OK if you're lonely. You don't have to, like, ingratiate yourself into people's lives who don't want you there. That's a very like, good point to put. Like, especially if you're rating a show that is primarily meant to be for younger audiences. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you can be lonely and be OK. I mean, a show doesn't have to be about everything, but there is like that weird note of like you have to people please and build. I yeah. don't know. And then and sometimes you will do something that you can't fix. You just carry that around and you'll learn to be OK with it. Yeah, not like to make this about, yeah. not to make this about not to make this about love never dies, but it's like, can you imagine the Phantom <laughs> sequel where he actually had to do good shit for good people and like have the weight of his consequences? Like, uh, like there could have been a way for Dear Evan Hansen, even if it ends on like a sad or downer kind of note where he has to atone for the. I don't. Again, I don't want things to be like a hair short sort of morality, but it's just kind of like the way that it thinks it's doing good is what pisses me off. You know, like that's uh, right. I, I mean, I, I've said this eight thousand times, and it just makes me so mad. <laughs> No, no, for sure. I mean, look, here's the thing. Uh, the idea of Evan Hansen sitting down, looking into Connor's life, finding out that, in fact, he did have people that he knew when he was on the inside dealing with his emotionally complex feelings that required mental health professionals. There were other people that were there that were also dealing with that. You know, if someone said to me, and here's how the story ends, like if someone was going to spoil the whole story and they were like, and the end of the story is that Connor's family is greeted by the people who, who actually met him where he was there that had some stories that were not sentimental but were just true and that Evan just kind of like walked away and just l- – lived a life as best as he could after that 
if that was the way that story ended, that would feel real. And it went, and by the way, like it would, it would have absolutely gotten me like, I did, I don't, well, I was going to say like, did I tweet this, but I haven't tweeted anything in six months. I cried angry tears. I was so upset. I was so angry that I cried with rage and I had to explain to Todd, like, I am not crying because I care about Evan Hansen. I'm crying because I'm angry. Um, I would have yeah, cried. I've, I've literally never seen someone felt tears. Yeah, you never seen somebody uh, cry angry before. No, I've never. Li- I've never seen <laughs> someone macho. moved to like tears the, by like a movie because they hated it so much. That was a thing that actually <laughs> happened. Yes, yeah. I actually cried because I I was so angry at the emotional manipulation that I was trying to pull. Um. But I would have cried sure. genuine like catharsis tears if that was if that was the story that like they had that yeah. family had been met with people that had not seen him at his best but had seen him at his genuine worst and like understood and were also messy yeah. and were also the kinds of people that put holes in walls with their fists that would have yeah. meant something to me I don't I mean yeah I don't know this is this is like yeah I, I just watched Mayor of Easttown. And there's a whole subplot in that, like, Mare's, uh, you know, she's dealing with the suicide of her own son. Yeah. And, like, after she solves all the murders and stuff, there's, a, like, a really powerful scene where she, you know, learns to, uh, you know, move on with her, her grief. And it's really good. It's really good in a way that uh, Dear Evan Hansen is not. Like, it's, <laughs> yes, it, it's, I know what you're It's yeah. not cheap and easy the way that, uh, uh, that Dear Evan Hansen is. And yeah. uh, there's a whole lot less terrible music also. <laughs> that music sucks. Like, I think that's also my yeah. ba- Like, honestly, this is just nerd explaining at this point right now. I know we've been going on very long, but the orchestrations for Dear Evan Hansen were done by Alex Lacamoire, who won the Tony the year before or the two years before for Hamilton. He's kind of as big as of like a celebrity orchestrator as you get on Broadway. And compared to the other two shows, like. Go listen to if you don't give a shit about Broadway, go listen to the Great Comet of 1812 just for the orchestrations alone. I haven't heard anything on Broadway that sounds like it. And even come from away like there's just some really cool shit going on from a sonic point of view. But Dear Evan Hansen sounds like elevator fucking music. Oh, God, I hate it so much. It makes me. So, it, how it, the it fuck does, is this Tony? Are you ready? The, 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 the fucking most horrific thing that I could possibly say is what's worse? Dear Evan Hansen sweeping the Tonys. Or Kevin Spacey hosting the Tonys. Uh, uh, oh, wait, now I'm like, enjoy who everyone. <laughs> anyway, it's a testament the to, to the, the, the Tonys. Look, the great, the, the great white way is a complex. Anything that's called great and white, um, you know, is mm-hmm. going to have some is going to have some problems. Uh, and yeah, Moby are. Dick has problems for sure. <laughs> Tell him. Yeah, it's every yes. other chapter. The whole chapter Ugh. about whales and taxonomy. Fuck you, Herman Melville. Oh, Jesus man. Christ! Over, we're coming up on an hour and a half. We got to stop. Yeah, we gotta like, stop. I, I could we go on for five all, hours. Right? Like, have we said it all? We could. No, 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 no. Visually, visually, this movie is so fucking ugly. It is so boring. It is just like the most like phoned in, like Law and Order SVU, like one back and forth shots when he's singing that song to the family about the cool shit that they did, and it's just him yeah. standing in the living room singing to like the wall because like they don't have a wall to break in that like 
Yeah. It was the most lazy, boring piece of shit. Like they're like, we're not even gonna try to find a clever way to make this work. He's just gonna sing to the fucking. No, wall. Yeah, he's just gonna sit there. It's a, a pretty flat musical. It's, it's a very so- unimaginative musical. And like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm sure uh, you know I all the people in this room have seen the Jenny Nicholson video, and all the people listening have certainly watched it too. Like, I, we've done that's good for sure. Not- yes, a fact. <laughs> we, we've done good to not overlap on that, but like, there's like she hit on a bunch of things that just drove me fucking insane in the movie. Yeah. Like the, yes. If the you want another hour and a half of content about this movie yeah. and yeah, you I haven't like watched fucking- Jenny Nicholson's video, I, yes, I also very particularly had watched it just to make sure that we weren't going to tread too much of the same ground. Sure. Yeah. But like, yeah. I don't know when in the middle of watching it, I had to go uh, stop and watch the part of her video where she talks about that awful fucking song Connor is singing. He's like, no, your brother really loved you. Here's all the things he said about you. Uh, it's just the things he yes. feels. And it's like, I, I mean, I like it's it's obvious. And Jenny even calls it obvious. But I was like, I looked at Lena in the theater. I was like, yes, your dead brother wanted to fuck you. Yes. That's what I wanted. So, literally nobody who has a sibling would write those lyrics unless you were deeply screwed up. Like, I'm just like, uh, yes, uh, unless you were in the Amityville Horror Part 2 or Game of Thrones. Yes, exactly. One of those was for a mainstream audience and the other was for If you were in a V.C. Andrews else. book, if you were in Flowers in the Attic, this would be very romantic. Thanks, Angie. Thanks for, thanks for bringing something else obscure. I, uh, you know what? The thing, that's not I think, that obscure. I guess, like, if I had to have, like, the closest thing to a parting thought about it, it was I was complaining about this on Twitter and someone was like, well, I don't know. I guess I'm glad that there are just musical movies in theaters. Would you rather there be no more musical movies? And honestly, yes. Okay. As someone who loves musicals. Yes. Like if they're going to be this shitty and unimaginative on top of like having source material problems that you have no issue in adapting or no interest in adapting to screen, then yeah, no, fuck it. I don't want to see it. I think this movie may kill the play. I think this movie might kill the show. Like it sounds good. Somebody make a Beetlejuice <laughs> musical movie, by the way. Mm, mm. Yeah, no. There you I go. Think- you want you want a real fucking parting shot? You know it would be fucking great, outstanding. If you took the Beetlejuice musical they made, mm. and instead of making Beetlejuice two, you made the Beetlejuice musical movie, mm. it would be outstanding. Ken- I- Kenny, to your point. Joel Schumacher made Phantom of the Opera in 2004. Whoa, and guess what's him, been going on? I, no, but history's like, greatest monster. Well, you can say you can look at that and say they adapted it badly, but like all the things that are really bad about Dear Evan Hansen, except are, the age makeup, are like bad about Dear Evan Hansen, the play, the musical, the show, also. Yeah. So like I, I don't know. Like in the same way that Cats 2019, like took the worst parts of cats, the show, which is that it's fucking nonsense. And it's really <laughs> the joy like of watching that. Though. I love that. By movie. the way, listen to, listen, <laughs> listen to, to listen to us and Darren talk about, cause we like watched it and immediately podcasted. That movie's yeah. entertaining at least, you know, <laughs> like yes, I would, yes. I would watch cats 5,000 times over before I watched Dear Evan Hansen again. Cats brings me oh, agree, joy. Agree. Like, like I said, it's it's worse the second time. Like, oh. you know, like, like once you know what's going to happen, it's just like, it's just dread. It's just yeah. dread. We need, oh God, I'm, my, my throat is dying. I think we yeah. need to cut this <laughs> all, right, yeah, all right, all right. Thank you for listening to this podcast for an hour and a fucking half. You got your uh, money's worth today. That's, that's, I. <laughs> yeah, that, that is that a Patreon a bonus yeah. right there. <laughs> That's a dollar's uh, worth of hatred and yeah, right there. Patreon. All right. Patreon. Thank you. So, thank you so much. Thank you uh, for listening. 
Thank you for we were we're actually thinking about doing this one for free, and then you guys requested it anyway, so at least we got paid for it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, we waffled back and forth between do we talk about it or do we beg people to never make us talk about it. (laughs) Here we are. It happened. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.